So the biggest mistake is people trying to... So the big question is, what a top agent is doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. And if we're talking about systems and processes, I think this leads us really nicely into topic number three, which is going to be how does the actual claim process look like with all city adjusting? But even I think I would like to take it even a step further or a step further back. How does the claim process look like and how do you guys make it a little bit different? Because I can already tell you're just like me. You're a lot more meticulous, detail-oriented. You have a system and a process and you make it a lot easier and simple and more efficient. Correct. We've, We've grown by building systems and procedures. So when we get a claim and we're handling a claim, there is not just one person. We have a, you know, there's a team, right? From our contents team to our estimating. And these are experienced people. And we've built it that way with a program that lets our clients follow with us and get updated and know what's going on in the claim process. But then let's our guys, our experienced team get in there and do their work. And that way we can maximize everything, right? With the right tools, yeah. we're trying to stay ahead of the industry and instead ahead of the, the adjusters, especially the insurance, right? Because they have their weapons. They have everything they're trying to do to minimize the claim settlement. And if you think otherwise, you're joking yourself. That's, I mean, that, that's literally the claim process. Your agent, the adjuster that's coming out for them, any vendors, they're not on your team, no matter what you think. They're getting paid by the insurance and, it's, and, and they're the ones that have control of them. So who's kind of looking out for you is what you have to, what you have to think of. And how are you going to get a max settlement? If our client, you know, gets a settlement where he's got so much money left over where they can do repairs. Plus, you know, there's money left for others, like for another property. Hey, they're owed what they're owed, right? Anything more is illegal, but most clients, you know, everyone, majority of clients are getting underpaid and insurance companies are getting away with it. So that's where we come in and that's where we take that claim process and, and take it away and put, put all the stress on, on our, on our shoulders and, you know, take it from the start all the way to the end and make sure that our clients are, you know, are in the right position when everything is said and done. So what happens in the event that you guys do such a great job and all of a sudden the client is quote unquote overpay, let's say you get him 65. So, so, so there's nothing, there's never an overpayment. So a lot of people are like, Oh, we got all this money. You're not overpaid. You just you're just used to being underpaid and not being made whole. Where now you actually got the whole claim paid, and you're like, "Wow, there's a lot of money." Yeah, it's not being you're not over. You're just been always underpaid. You're That's the problem. Compensated for your Correct. trouble. Right? You finally yeah. actually had the right settlement. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So so how, when it comes to the claim process itself, like let's say you have about 50K worth of damages and it, the job costs 50K, but you got 65. What happens to the difference of the 15? Do you get to keep it or do you still have to put it towards the additions, repairs? No. You actually when, it comes to, when it comes to actual cash value, if you were paid 50,000, but your repairs cost you 35 or 25, you're still owed that money, that actual cash value. You're owed it because that, what was the damage, what it was, what it was cost you now. It's the same thing. If your car got damaged, if your car was stolen, you know, the insurance company owes you for that car. Now, whether you replace it with the same car or a lesser car, it doesn't matter. You were owed for the car that was stolen. And that's kind of how we explain it to people. 
right? Because a lot of people are like, well, I got all this money. I, I got a guy that will do it, you know, for this much. It doesn't, hey, you're old what you're old. Yeah. Now, if um, they can take and hire their own guy and the insurance company can send their own contractor out and pay him and everything goes directly to him and pay him what they want to pay him, that's what they want to do, of course, because it saves them a ton of money, but it's not the right thing. Now, how, how, how would that work? Do they, like, for example, let's say the homeowner does not want to agree that the quality of craftsmanship or the work that has been um, completed is up to their standard. Um, By using the, what, the vendor of the, the insurance company or working correct. with the insurance that we stay out of. Um, we do get those calls like, oh, we, you know, the insurance company sent out a vendor and now he's not showing up. He took half the money. Call the insurance company. You know what the insurance company is going to say? Well, you well, hired him. You signed, you signed the contract with him. Yeah, but you guys sent him out. Yeah, but we didn't sign the contract with him. And so they're, they're able to wash their hands every time. Yeah. So there's no, there's no rule requirement or law or regulation that essentially one enforces it, but two also forces the insured to use one of the insurance company's vendors. They, they can choose whoever they, they want. You can choose whoever you want, right? Uh, they'll tell you, Hey, well, you know, we have vendors or you, we want you using vendors or try to push their own people. Of course. That's, you know, same with, you know, with auto damage. Well, we have a body repair shop. Take it to our guy. Take it to our body repair. Why would I take it to yours? I have a, I have a guy that's been doing repair for body repair for my uh, cars all, you know, all these years. Cause if they can control who does the work, how they get paid, it saves them a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're talking about volume, right? And I, I really like that example because most of our listeners have probably been in a car accident given it's that the we're easiest. That's why I go to back. That's why I go back to cars because in people, you know, homes, it's like, it's rare. People don't have claims or they haven't dealt with the private adjusters or have claims, but with cars, I mean, so many people have had accidents or car, like, you know, or stuff know somebody vehicles. or, Correct. you know, they've gone through it or they've exactly. helped somebody. Yeah. Exactly. What are, you, what are you seeing are the common mistakes when it comes to the claim process? Um, whether you guys are picking up a file that, you know, maybe they, somebody else was hired to do it, or yeah. you guys are picking up a file that the homeowner started and we're like, ah, oh, this is way too much for me. Let me just call Andy and the team. Yeah. So the biggest thing we see is, you know, people getting in trouble, um, filing the claim the wrong way, not setting the reserves the right way. And it all starts from the beginning with them trying to do it on their own. And again, mm -hmm. nothing wrong with trying to handle your claim on your own, but it's, it, it's a, it's a profession. It's a, it's a skill and people saying the wrong stuff. Like, Hey, we had a leak in the bathtub and you know, now the kitchen's damaged they, right away in their head when they, in their you know notes, they said it was a leak. Well, a leak is not covered. You know, a broken pipe, a sudden burst is, but a leak that's been happening because that's what a leak is. That's not a covered loss. So now by you just stating it the wrong way, you just told them you don't have a covered loss. So now you'll get a call from a different adjuster say, Hey, uh, you know, Mr. Peter, sorry, you know, you don't have a covered loss. It's been leaking. That's not, you know, well, no, but I never noticed it. Well, yeah, but it's been leaking. So, and now you got yourself calling and trying to figure out, you know, Google, how do I find someone to help with my claim? You know, and then you find us and, and then, Oh, then it's a tough position. Now we have to review the claim and see if there's any way we can overturn their decision. So the biggest mistake is people trying to do it on their own and just saying the wrong stuff. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 
Now back to the show. I always say is language is very important when it comes to that stuff because the difference of saying, hey, you know, I have a damaged kitchen and a bunch of water damage versus, hey, I have a, I had a, I had a leak. Now, all of a sudden, the insurance's job is to basically find everything wrong about what you have submitted so they don't have to pay it. That's what, that's what they're employed to do, right? right? And if you don't deal with it just the way like you do every single day, then it makes it super tricky because I, like, here, I'll give and, you and an again, example. Don't, and, and again, don't think, and, and you know, listeners or like people listening to your show, they shouldn't think otherwise. Well, no, because my agent's been my friend. Trust me. He does not want you filing a claim. And once you do file a claim, he has no control over it because agents can't do anything anymore like they used to. They're just agents. They're salespeople. That's all they are. And so now everyone else that's going to get involved with the claim is there to minimize that claim. It's to pay as little as possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'll give you I'll give you a real estate example. When you write a real estate contract. There does not need to be a washer, dryer, appliances, anything that is considered personal property, aka things that are potentially able to be very easily removable, right? A chandelier technically is considered part of real property because it's an attached fixture. However, sometimes people will take them right? Because it is very easily detachable. So when I write a contract, I just had this happen to me, um, where I was buying a renovated home and it did not have a washer and dryer, but I put in personal property, including washer, dryer, microwave, fridge, and a few other things, right? And we are probably about three, three weeks into the deal, And I say, hey, guys, just so you know, we're about a week away from closing. I just went by the property. There is still no functioning washer and dryer. And they're like, what do you mean? There is none at the property. We're not giving you one. I'm like, huh? No way. According to our contract, line item, this and this, which is section 4D on my contract, it says it right there personal property, including washer and dryer. They're like, I can't believe we missed this. That's about twelve to $1,500 right there. And there's a, there's a saying in Polish, which means they owe me that washer and that dryer. <laughs> See, right? So now, no, so now paying you a fee, whether you're charging three, five, is worth it, right? A good agent is worth every penny. Uh, exactly. And here's here's the crazier part. I mean, every state is different. So make sure that wherever, wherever you're listening into, you take this and it's all applicable. In the state of Florida, the seller pays the buyer's agent commission. Meaning, as a buyer, you really have no cost of employing a buyer's agent. And the best or the worst part depends on whether you look at the glass half full or half empty is... We do not get paid until that thing closes, which means we got to hustle and work our asses off in order to get that deal closed and make sure that you as a buyer are happy. So if I just got you a wash and dryer for free, which is equivalent, let's say a thousand bucks, 3000 if you're bougie, right? Depends on what you want. Anything that could be quote unquote reasonable. Well, who's there to determine what's reasonable? 
I'm going to say three and we're going to settle at 1500. I mean, right down the middle, you know, and you were going to buy your own washer and dryer anyways. Nine out of 10 times people throw out the washers and dryers that are in the home anyways, because they're old and they look like they need a facelift. So same goes to what we're talking about here today is when you hire a PA, it is in your, well, the homeowner's best interest to do so because you are going to be more efficient and you're going to be a lot more cost effective, meaning you're going to get them more money and they're going to spend a whole lot less time. I look at it as a win-win and you get paid at the quote-unquote closing table just like we do, which means when the claim gets paid out. So you have every incentive to make sure that it gets done correctly. What am I missing here? Why are more people hiring PAs, Andy? You know, I think in Florida, they are because I know Florida is a big PA state. So is California, New York. Um, but it's it's just such a not a well it's not a well known like agent right like having a, uh, a real estate agent right it's not so well known and people don't usually you know homeowners they don't know you don't know anything until you actually file the claim and then stuff starts going wrong yeah. so it's not like you have a PA you know a friend or something you just don't know about that niche and you don't know about you know just like you don't know a car accident attorney or an injury attorney until you actually have an injury or something happen. The yeah. same, it, it goes for the, you know, for the same way. So, um, but you know, we're trying to get the names out there. We're trying to get information to people. So they know that when something happens, like you have someone to call before and like get opinion, you know, and get advice. Amazing. So, so as we wrap up today's show, what is the one thing that every single real estate agent needs to know by either working with you or hiring you or you having you as a resource or just any PA that they may yeah. be working with? They, your client is going to be in such a better situation. Like it's going to help you so much for your clients, not only with insurance questions, with policy and, Hey, can we insure this? Or can, you know, my clients buying this home, there's some damage. Would this be covered? If the pre just all these questions can be answered and can make you look like a genius and make you look like a star to your client. Just like you said, right? Yeah. You only, you, when you bring in a professional and you have that team, you look like a star to your clients. Amazing. I love it. So, Andy, I want to turn it over to you. If somebody's looking yeah. to actually add you to their team, just like I am, how yep. can they get in touch with you? Either phone, email, what's the best way? Yeah, they can email us at info at allcityadjusting.com. Um, and now for the listeners, I'll leave them with my number. They can call me directly, which is 708-655-4186. So 708-655-4186. That's my direct number. They can call, text, any questions. I mean, we're free. We have a great team, uh, whether it's Florida, Midwest, um, East Coast, West Coast. I mean, um, we're pretty much everywhere. I love it. And I have a surprise segment for you. I'm going to ask you three rapid fire questions. There is no right or wrong answers. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Either a person, a book, a podcast, something you're listening to or watching to grow your business as a CEO. Uh, it's called the exit strategy. It's a book about building a business to be sellable. Not that we're looking to sell, but build a business that's, uh, that's got systems, procedures, and that can actually be worth something. Amazing. What's your goal for the next 12 months? Uh, for the next 12 months, mm, the biggest goal, there's so many. I'm, I'm actually looking at the goal board. Let me see which one I can give you. I think I have one more vacation that we want to take with my wife. So before we have a baby that's coming, so we want to take one more vacation. There you go. I can I get, I don't it. want to get into all the personal goals and well, company what, what goals. Do you, what do you think is going to stop you from doing that? 
nothing. There's nothing that's no, nothing stops me, buddy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute blast having you. And for everybody else, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 